My text is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in the 8th verse, and I'm going to read down through the 20th verse, and God's Word reads this way. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Well, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Well, then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen that was as, as it was told unto them. And God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Can I get an amen? amen. In your notes, I want to go over a few of the bullet points that I've highlighted for you. And the first is the joy of God's salvation is great. And we talk about greatness in our culture today. Uh, there's a lot of different imagery and a lot of different ideas and thoughts that come to our mind when we think about greatness. But in light of this particular occasion and in light of what was being announced by the angels and who it was being announced to, which was the shepherds, Great denotes in this particular setting so much and so mighty. There was so much joy. It was so mighty that it overflowed and it impacted them in a very profound way. And we're going to get into that here in a minute. But this joy that they experienced was overwhelming is another way that we would say it. It was so great that it was overwhelming. And I'm not sure if you've ever been overwhelmed with joy. It it supersedes and it goes beyond just emotion and just the expression or happiness. But it's actually something that impacts you so profoundly and so deeply that you're marked for eternity. When you and I experience the joy of God's salvation, then we are forever changed. Something that we can never deny happened to us. We encountered something that was supernatural. We encountered something that was beyond the natural, beyond the emotions, beyond the circumstances. We encountered God himself. And these shepherds who were on the night shift and taking care of these sheep in this field experienced that. And God wants all of humanity to experience the joy of his salvation. We also understand the joy of God's salvation is for all people. And this was new news for these shepherds. These shepherds were aware that God, in a sense and in a way, was for them and had a covenant with them, for they were of the people of Israel. But it went beyond the borders of Israel and it, in, in, and it impacted all the nations of the world. 
So that one of the reasons that God's salvation is so life altering, so impactful and so necessary for us to encounter is not only is it great, it's vast, it's huge, it's wide, it can't be measured, it's amazing, but it's for everybody. And some people don't feel like they qualify. Some people don't believe that they can experience this kind of encounter or have this kind of moment where they're marked by God and they're just mistaken. They are just simply mistaken. And I don't say that to belittle them or to devalue them, but you don't know and I don't know what we don't know. But what Scripture tells us is something that we can know and something we can experience. It's also this this salvation uh, of God's that produces great joy is contagious. They just couldn't keep it to themselves. Uh, the moment they were impacted uh, by the person in the presence of God, then they went and they just had a big time. And wherever they went, they heralded and they, they proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. And then I want you to know that it's identifiable. I mean, if people, if people, if people say to you, what is that silly grin on your face? It has to be more than winning the lottery. And, and imagine if you won the lottery, you walk around with a little smirky look on your face and, uh, and, and people would inquire, why do you have that smirky look on your face? And you could say, well, I picked the lucky numbers or whatever. Now, this goes way beyond luck and happenstance and circumstance that, that this is identifiable in that they were praising God, they were expressive, they were going somewhere, they were doing something, and so others recognized and identified these guys came out of the field, which was not advisable to do. How many of you know halfway through the workday, you shouldn't just leave work unless something amazing has happened. You should probably stay at work. You should probably stay there. If you ran out the door, someone would say something happened to that individual. Correct? That's just not like them. That's out of character. That's just, you know, I've never seen them act this way. And that is when they came into contact with other people, it was recognizable, it was identifiable. So the joy of the Lord is the result of experiencing God's salvation, which is for all people of all nations. The joy of the Lord, we could also say, is synonymous with gladness, with gladness. It's his strength. It's his ability. It's his power. It's his might. I love the word might because it goes beyond our capability and we tap into his mighty power, his joy. And then I've given you some other bullet points to consider. The joy of God's salvation upholds us in our times of human frailty and weakness because it's our strength. We need strength for the weaknesses that we have. We all have them. And we're covered with flesh and we're frail. It's been said, you know, if you cut me, I'll, I, I'll bleed. The reality is we all have that in common. That we're more fragile than what we think. That life is shorter than what we imagine that the days go quicker than than what we we ever thought they that would would happen to us it's it's exactly what scripture foretold and and does foretell us is that that life is like a vapor it's like a puff of smoke and that that in in this life that we're given and in the seasons of life that that God has given unto us we have weaknesses, which is inabilities to change our current circumstances. 
We need God's divine intervention. We need joy. We need strength. Because in and of ourselves, we're too frail, we're too weak. But I can do all things through Christ. Come on, help me finish that. Who strengthens me? Who strengthens me? He strengthens me in my moment of human frailty and weakness so that he is glorified. He strengthens me so I can say to God be the glory. He strengthens me so that I can experience the joy of his salvation. We also understand that the joy of the Lord compels us to tell others of his salvation. There's a chorus we used to sing in the church and this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And then it finishes, the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. The world can't take it away because it doesn't originate from anything that's here on this planet. It originates from God. It's who he is. It's the joy of his salvation. It's not the happiness or the euphoric feelings of just ambiance or having, you know, uh, something that we would call uh, in the category of traditions. It, it goes beyond that. It, it's much deeper. It's his salvation. It's something that we experience. And as a result of that, we willingly go and we have the strength to tell others. Yes, in your own human frailty and weakness, you may feel like you're not quite worthy to take this news to others. But that's just not the case. Because he looks at you as a worthy servant. And as a capable messenger of this message because you've experienced it. And then praising and glorifying God comes from the joy of God's salvation. The expressions of praise and adoration. Words that it come from the depths of our heart where we say glory to God. Where we say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus are real because they come out of us because of God's salvation. We can say them anytime, at any place, under any set of circumstances because the joy of God's salvation releases those words back into the God who saved us. So let's ponder for a minute. I want to use this moment as a moment of reflection for all of us this morning, we're talking about joy. We're talking about it's the source of our strength. But where does it all originate? It all originates from God, so it all needs to go back to him. And what is it all about? It's all about salvation. So in the midst of our life and all of the things that life affords us, in all the things that we encounter, the mountaintops and the valley. When we begin to ponder and think about the salvation of God, what begins to bubble up within us? Joy. And joy is expressed in strength. So you may be in a season where things are overwhelming. This can be a time of the year where many people are overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious. Maybe you're hosting a family gathering and you're concerned about how that is going to actually unfold, what it's going to look like. And in your own human frailty and weakness, you almost say, I'd rather not do it. 
until you start thinking about all the people that God has gathered, all the good that God has done, all the blessings that God has afforded us because of his salvation. And once again, you remind yourself it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's better to show hospitality than to isolate myself and not be a part of humanity. And it takes strength. It takes strength to be a Christian. And this strength doesn't come from us. It comes from him. And it comes from his salvation. So in those moments when you feel less than, remember he is more than enough. When you feel like you're going under, remember greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Remember you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Remember God's salvation and joy will begin to bubble up. The joy of knowing Jesus, the joy of walking with Jesus, the joy of having your sins forgiven by Jesus. On that first advent, the shepherds were joyful because, listen, the message, the message that they heard, there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the good news. There is born unto you. There's born unto me this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Can you imagine the moment that the angels proclaim this good news? The thoughts that were running through the shepherd's head. I say this because this wasn't a common occurrence. Can I take just a moment to give you a little caveat, just something to consider within Christendom, within our, our uh, beautiful and, and uh, eclectic body of Christ that, that spans uh, all people groups and all nations, that when angels show up, it's a big deal. <laughs> I mean, when they show up, especially when Michael or Gabriel show up, that's significant. These are uh, two, Michael and Gabriel are the archangels and 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 when they when they are dispatched by God to come and interact with mankind this is a solemn and holy and somber occasion so this is why i bring this to our attention is because if an angel of the lord appeared to you you would not act like you're just meeting a coworker on the street. The impact is much more significant. When the angel of the Lord appeared to people in Scripture, many times they lost their breath and fainted. They collapsed. They carry the presence of the Lord. And when they manifest and show up, all of our humanity just unfolds in the presence of, of God. So be careful, church, when people in Christendom today talk about seeing angels frequently and often, and angels come and talk to them, and angels, you know, uh, help them in this way and that way. It's not a very common occurrence. It's occasional. 
And so in light of this moment, they broke 400 years of silence. Occasionally, I, I like to go when I was uh, when I was in uh, Colorado Springs. Um, one of the things that uh, that I, I I did I went there on a trip one time was I had an evening free and I asked the concierge at the hotel. I said, you know, what's what's something fun to do in your town that that's local and 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 it's just out of the tourist uh, area. And he said, we have a great dog track. I said, you have a great dog track. That's interesting. And I said, what kind of dog? He said, greyhounds. I said, hey, that would be fabulous. So I went to the track and, and got my ticket and went and sat in the stands and, and was watching these animals as they were preparing, you know, to run around and, uh, and, and chase Bugs Bunny. Zoom, change that, that metal rabbit. And, and they were in the gate and, and you could just see how worked up they were. They were ready to be released. They were ready to run. They were ready to go. And I imagine those angels after 400 years were like those greyhounds. I mean, they just could hardly wait. Just let me go. I got to tell somebody the time has come. In the fullness of time, God sent his only son born of a virgin. Born to save us from our sins. The greyhounds of heaven came, the angels of the Lord. And when they showed up, that was a big deal. Let's not make light of God being with us. It's a big deal. It's not common. It's wonderful. We use words that are beyond description many times to try to help us to comprehend it. And it's really not very comprehensible. So that first advent, they were joyful, the shepherds were, because of the mystery. It really got them to thinking and to pondering. When, when God shows up, uh, it gets us to consider our ways. Have you ever noticed that about the person in the presence of God? When God reveals himself, when God declares something to us, it's bigger than what we can fathom or ponder at the moment. It, it, it's, it's way beyond just a multiple choice question. It, it, it goes beyond, you know, you going and, and me going, uh, like uh, the experience of, of going to a restaurant and ordering something off the menu. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a number two. Uh, I'll take a number three. You know, we, we say that because, you know, we, we can come to a conclusion very quickly, we look at a menu. But when we encounter God, we can't say anything for a period of time until we ponder. What, 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 it, what just happened to me? What just occurred in my life? What just transpired in my life? And when these shepherds encountered the joy of the Lord and the message of his salvation, they got to thinking. Could this really, is this it? Is this what we, we've all been longing and waiting for? For all these years, for all these generations, has it finally come to pass? And then thirdly, it's the mission, is that God chose to partner with us. I think that's amazing, and that he includes us in his work, and we're humbled by that. So we're in partnership with God. The message of God's salvation, well, lets us know three things. And I hope you know this this morning. If not, we're going to give you an opportunity 
to know this this morning. The message of God's salvation lets us know three things. Number one, that God, God does know me. He does know me. Number two is that God invites and welcomes me into a relationship with himself. And number three, God loves and forgives me. He's not holding anything against me. When we encounter God, we encounter love. We encounter grace. And of course, when you encounter any of that, wouldn't that do something to your countenance? I think it does. It does something to our countenance. It, 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 what happens in us begins to express itself through us in one of the ways is through our countenance. The message of God's salvation also, also goes beyond just something that we know, but it meets a common need. When we know that God knows us, that he actually meets a felt need and an emotional need that each and every one of us have, and that is to be acknowledged. Um, the, uh, there's a story, true story, um, uh, about uh, President uh, Kennedy. President Kennedy, of course, was the youngest of any of our presidents ever to be elected into office. Uh, and so uh, he meets many, many people. Uh, I, I mean, in the course of a week, they meet hundreds of people. They're in, they're in a lot of different settings, and there's a lot of demands on their life. And one of the things that, he, uh, that a, a president has is, is he has uh, a, a staff that helps him to understand the, the people that he's interacting with and a little bit about them uh, so that he can be personal with them. And so there was a, a family that was invited uh, to the White House to meet uh, the president and his wife. And, uh, and as they arrived, they went through security and then they went into, uh, the, uh, into one of the parlors there in the White House. And, and while they're waiting... Uh, they're just looking around in this setting. Uh, uh, here I am, here we are, you know, uh, in, in our nation's capital at the White House and in this setting. And, and pretty soon security comes in, opens the door, and then here ushers in the president and the first lady. And so this family stands up. And the president, already being briefed, comes and shakes everybody's hand and acknowledges them by name. And then there was a little boy named John there, and he reached down, and he looked at John, and he said, John, can you tell me, how's your pony? And John was holding his mother's hand, and he began to tremble, and he squeezed his hand, his mother's hand. And then as he went on and greeted the rest of the family and, asked, and, and made statements, John pulled on his mother's blouse, and he said, he knew my name. He knows I have a pony. See, everyone likes to be acknowledged. It's a, it's a common need. When you walk into a room and someone acknowledges you by name, that's significant. That denotes value and importance. That you're not just a name. I mean, you're not just a number, but there's a name. That's associated with you. I think it, there's also this this aspect of a felt need is that when we know that God invites and welcomes us into this relationship, there's an affirmation that comes with it, that we're affirmed. That we are affirmed, that we actually belong, we have a place of belonging, that we belong with the Lord, that he wants to be our God and he wants us to be his people. And then third is that this 
this deep-seated need that all of us have to be accepted. Do, do you know how many things that we do to, to f- try to find acknowledgement, affirmation, and acceptance when all we have to do is humble ourselves and welcome Christ into our life? Have you ever tried to impress somebody? You ever been somewhere and sort of acted out of character because you wanted some attention to get some affirmation, to get some acknowledgement for someone to say, hey, who are you? I, I think we all have. Here's a fun story for all of those that are in here and I'm going to date myself, but uh, I will use this reference in two different ways. So if I don't get you in the sports vein, I may get you in the movie vein. All right. One of the greatest actors of all time that should have received some kind of accolade or some kind of award is Andre the Giant. Would anyone agree with me? Andre the Giant. And he was also one of the great men of the square circle. He was a wrestling legend, right? This man from France. Now, when I was a young boy, I and my brother would many times all-star wrestle all throughout our house, off the sofa, off the chair, off the counter, uh, it was a little playful to a degree, and then it would get a little competitive. And so there were times where things were broken. And, uh, and it, uh, unfortunately, you know, there were consequences for that. But we were whoever we wanted to be at the time. But we could never be Andre the Giant. He was just, he was larger than life. We, you know, um, but the, uh, but we could be. We could be Danny Little Bear. I mean, we, we could be uh, uh, Rufus R. Jones. I, I mean, we could be any number of people. But I, I, Handsome Harley Ray, but I, I couldn't be Andre the Giant. I couldn't be. Uh, he was larger than life. He, he was huge. So when I was uh, 12 years old, Andre the Giant came to our town. And, 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 and it was it was like... Nothing that you had ever seen. It was greater than the circus. I mean, me and my friends, we got tickets. We were there. I mean, it was awesome. We took our Polaroid camera. We got pictures with Andre. My mother still has them. He's got his hands on my head and on my brother's head, and we're looking up at him. I've got another picture where I'm trying to give him the claw. I'm 12 years old. This guy, this guy, I mean, could use me as a toothpick. And that was like this this great euphoric moment in my life but I did things in that setting to try to get Andre to recognize us to try to find a way to get a picture with him I I lost all shame I lost it not that a 12 year old probably has a lot of dignity whatever I had was out the door I was screaming Andre picture I was yelling and and my brother and I got pulled down we got pictures with him and yet and yet I just want to leave this for our consideration here's the well of salvation the source of all joy produces strength in our human weaknesses and frailties help us in times of temptations and trials Helps us to persevere when we don't want to persevere, when we want to throw in the towel. It reminds us of all the suffering and all the sacrifice he did for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. And one of these days, we're going to meet, we're going to meet Jesus. And we won't have to make a scene. 
we won't have to scream and shout. We won't have to get his attention because he already knows us by name. And yeah, he knows if you have a pony. Think about that. The next time where the enemy tries to throw a wet blanket on your life and tries to ruin and diminish your value and your worth, it is found in salvation. It is found in Jesus coming. It's not found in anything else. And don't you believe that it does? Your who is greater than what your do is. Who you are is greater than what you do. What we do, hopefully, we do for the glory of God, and we're learning how to do that. And if we don't, we learn, sort of recalibrate and redo it in a better way. But who you are, right? God loves you just where you are. All you have to do is remember salvation. And the message, right? The mystery and the mission that God has called us into. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.